0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning.
1: You guys remember that poem by Robert Frost, Nothing Gold Can Stay? First time I heard this poem, I was like 12 or 13 years old. I didn't see the poem spray painted on a wall or on a commercial or hear it in a song. I read it in a book called The Outsiders by S.E. Hinton. I wouldn't have read the book if it wasn't assigned to me, but ultimately I'm glad I did because it's a pretty good book. But I digress. In this book, they continuously go back to this poem called "Nothing Gold Can Stay." And at the end of the book, Johnny Cade, who's badly beaten, burned after a flaming church falls on top of his head, is dying a slow, painful death in his hospital room. And Ponyboy Curtis, his best friend, tells him, "Stay gold, Johnny. Stay gold." Ultimately, Ponyboy was telling his friend, I get it now, I understand what you've been telling me about all this state gold business. Your parents were drunks, didn't care about you. You had to stab someone in self-defense, who had been running from the law. A church fell on top of you after it had been on fire. Now you're laying in some weird inversion table, you're all burnt up you're about to die but I understand what stay gold means it means no matter what had happened to you you were always a glowing beacon of light touched everyone's life in a positive way even though you were surrounded by nothing but misery so Johnny ends up dying and he gets to stay gold Basically, because he died before he could be tainted. But as the poem says, nothing gold can stay. And that has never been more evident than now. I'm a bad gambler, I guess. Who would have thunk it, man? Bill Cosby, of all people. I mean, I would have never. Apparently, nothing gold can stay. Now, I know I'm here by myself, so Ben can't even chime in, and I know all of his comments in reference to this whole situation have been tongue-in-cheek, but goddamn, man, really? It's almost like a perfect movie, sort of like the movie Seven, you know, a guy walks into a police station, tells the desk sergeant. I committed 30 murders over a span of 30 years And I'm going to let you know where these people are Where I found them, how I murdered them, so on and so forth And every day we pick up the newspaper and we get a little bit more of the story You know, a new name, a new location And every day we're trying to piece together You know, what are the coincidences? Why did this happen? Who are the victims? Who else may be a victim? And we're stuck, powerless, at the mercy of our fictional cycle. Every day, somebody else is coming forward. I don't even know what the number is, like 17 people at this point. What the fuck? You know? It's like, if not you, Bill, then who? I mean certainly not me. I mean I'm better than you apparently but Really? It sort of makes you sit back and have to reevaluate everything you thought you knew. So who's next? Who's it going to be? We are running out of people to look to. Is Ray Romano selling crack to schoolchildren? Is Derek Jeter a spy for the KGB? Does Kate Upton want a sex change? It's very rare that you're going to hear me apologize or say I'm wrong, not because I don't apologize. Well, I normally don't apologize, but as far as the being wrong part, I'm usually not wrong. This time I have i have to admit I was wrong. So this morning I woke up, rolled over, grabbed my cell phone, started flipping through, seeing what was what. And I saw a link to the new Star Wars trailer. Again, I don't even know why I clicked on the thing. As far as I'm concerned, prior to this conversation we're having right now I could care less I just don't care anymore they did such a horrible job with the last three movies that came out say what you want about technology but as far as movies are concerned it I think it hurts movies ultimately we get to see some really cool special effects but it never makes up for you know horrible writing and the last three Star Wars movies were just that I mean regardless of how stupid it looked and how cartoony it looked um, it just, I mean, th- go back and think about the original Star Wars movies, and you're talking about people in like really awful costumes. I mean, C3PO is a terrible looking robot. Uh, I mean, R2D2 is okay, but everybody else is just regular human beings basically wearing rags. Uh, stormtroopers that's a cool outfit, but you know, as far as like Chewbacca, dumb character, dumb. You know, it looks stupid. The costume's dumb. Ewoks, completely stupid. Jabba the Hutt. I mean, it, it's all it's all ridiculous. Um, but these are people wearing costumes, and you you forget how stupid it looks. And, and even maybe back then, people were like, oh, that looks pretty cool. But I can remember being, you know, young and still, like, you know, every time you're in a... In a uh, a ship or something there's just a bunch of lights blinking in the background and nothing specifically does anything and then maybe there's like one steering wheel and a joystick or something to move the uh, the plane up down left or right but it, it, was, pretty, it was pretty ridiculous e- even then I don't care what anybody says but really what you're looking at back then is just good story writing and the first three movies which inevitably would be the second three movies um they have a great story character development's cool uh everything about them is cool and there's a lot of except for obviously the ewoks anything after like the first 20 minutes of return of the jedi uh is completely horrible but the first 20 minutes of return of the jedi is probably my favorite of any of the star wars stuff beside the opening sequence in empire but i just i guess it you know i, I so much stuff has come and gone since then and uh as, as interested as I was in Star Wars, and as excited as I was to see the last three movies, which were ultimately the first three movies, um, it just I don't care anymore. And uh, you know, me and Ben talked about it last week, and we were talking about how J.J. Uh, Abrams did the Star Trek movies. And like I said, they looked good. Um, I just don't care about the characters. I don't care about anything space related. It's just not in my wheelhouse. Not interested. Um, I probably missed out on a lot of good stuff over almost 38 years of life, but I'm willing to, uh, to have just missed out on it. However, today when I rolled over and, you know, pushed a button for the trailer, cause I'm like, I think it was like a minute long or something. Um, I was blown away. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe how excited I was from seeing a minute teaser trailer, not even like a full trailer. Uh, and I had to uh, run and grab my son and, and show him the trailer and, and, and I think he was excited that I was finally excited about it. So, in this one instance, I will say that the potential, just based on the teaser trailer, for this movie to actually be good is is high. I'm going to go out of my way and say that it's going to bring the franchise back. It's going to be a success. And hopefully, I mean, they've done it before with, like, Spider-Man and different uh, Super-Batman, different superhero movies, uh, Punisher where they just literally wipe out the stuff they did before and they pretend like it never happened. So maybe they'll go back and wipe the first three Star Wars movies out like they never happened and they'll redo them, uh, you know, using models and stuff like that. Again, I was told, or everything I've seen suggests that this time they're going to be using models like they did the first time, like scale models instead of com- like predominantly computer generated images. Uh, for the ships and the the, the fights and all that stuff. So hopefully I won't eat my words because I'm going to be really pissed if I came out and admitted that it's possible that I'm wrong and actually plausible and probable that I was wrong in my uh, assessment that this movie was going to suck because now I'm completely on board. So I will be beside myself if this movie does not pan out. For anybody who you know sticks with stuff, I, I, I'm I'm out. If this movie sucks, I'm out. You know, I I feel like f- three seasons of my life, if not four, were taken from me uh, by watching and wasting time watching Dexter. Um, I'm sort of a, one of these people that watches right now. I. You know, it's on D V R, so if I get around to uh or catch my wife watching Sons of Anarchy, I won't leave the room. Just because I it's so ridiculous. And I'm not I'm not trying to snow anybody. I hate the show. I don't pretend to like it or pretend to hate it and actually like it. I hate it, it sucks. It's awful. Uh Kurt Sutter is one of the worst TV writers. I, I I'm assuming that he writes that thing by himself because if you've got a room full of people and that's the best they can come up with I mean, it's a sad day. I mean, really. So I have been wrong before, but I'm not going to, uh, I've learned to cut bait and walk away. I I, I walked away and and maybe I'm, no one said anything though, but I walked away from um, Boardwalk Empire. I did not watch the last season. I DVR'd the entire last season. It was like, you know, when you stop exercising for a day and then you realize that you uh, are never going to go back you know, by day four, day five, you're like, yeah, I'm not going back. That's sort of what happened with boardwalk empire. I had complete intentions of watching it. I missed the uh, premiere episode of the final season and I didn't really hear anybody talking about it. And I know a lot of people wa- like, you know, watch it. And even if you don't know people in person, you surely will see reviews of it or people talking about it on Facebook or whatnot. And, uh, I just didn't see anybody talking about it. So it was just sort of out of sight, out of mind. Um, and they piled up and I just deleted them all. I never watched them. I have no intention of watching them. Don't care. And my my biggest issue with Boardwalk Empire wasn't that it was, you know, it was good when it was good. But there were so many characters and there were so many, like, storylines to follow. But really they were the same storyline. It just got convoluted and it's like, you know, there was a lot of great characters in the movie like Al Capone. It's like, why do I care about Nucky Thompson? Let's, let's worry about Al Capone. But we wanted to focus on this ancillary character that we made into the, uh, the main character. Again, I, I put every HBO show up against the wire, and it, it was nowhere close, not even close. And I know a lot of people, you know, for whatever reason, the last episode or the last season or the season where Tony's in a coma, hate The Sopranos, or, or when it, you know, looking back at it, we're like, ah, oh, The Sopranos wasn't that great, but you're wrong. I, I, I really think if you go back and watch The Sopranos, it's definitely top top five, probably top three all time, as far as dramas. But uh yeah, so I never went back and watched Boardwalk Empire, and, and again, no one has told me to. I've told several people that I didn't watch it. uh I maybe maybe one or two people in my life have said like, "Oh man, you missed out," but that those people didn't even say anything about the finale. Like, I can't believe you didn't watch it, or this happened or hey I don't want to ruin it for you but can I tell you what happened nobody said anything it literally went away uh like it had never existed in the first place so um I don't know what that says for Boardwalk Empire well I mean I do know what it says it says that it's stupid um so I will not go back and watch Boardwalk Empire I guess I will uh, assume that uh you know the history books can tell us what what happened and how it all played out and There's really no uh, reason to finish watching that show, but if I'm incorrect or somebody doesn't agree with me, let me know and uh, maybe, maybe, you know, if I end up getting pneumonia or or breaking my leg or something like that, or I'm going to be somewhere for a long period of time, and uh, you know, the only other thing to watch is Oprah. Maybe I'll watch it, but I I can't assume that uh, I'm going to pick it up and watch it. It really bothers me that. You know that show lived on as long as it did, and uh the killing you know only had i think three and a half i call it three and a half seasons before it was cancelled because another show that I think is completely underrated great characters uh great writing, awesome cases it was just a really good good show got cancelled um got picked up, got cancelled, got moved I think to another network and then uh, i think ultimately Netflix picked it up and did like a half season and that's how it ended. Um, it blows my mind, man. It blows my mind how, you know, what Hollywood determines or how they determine what's good, what isn't good. Because if you're looking at general overall reaction, you know, it's, it's indicative of, of where our society's at when people, look at a show like Sons of Anarchy and enjoy it and say, like, this is a good show, or you have people really debating or talking about Sons of Anarchy being a real... Now, I can understand people talking about Sons of Anarchy in the way of, you know, talking about how ridiculous it is and just saying, well, hey, I like it because it's just crazy. That's fine, but if you're really going to be wrapped up in the storyline and be concerned about the characters, I mean, I feel like there's zero characters in that show that anybody should care about. I feel they did a really bad job of uh, of really bringing you in and, and making these. I mean, these guys are supposed to be outlaw bikers, yet they don't operate like outlaw bikers. Yeah, they kill people, but you know they treat their moms with respect. They they respect the police. They you know. Just don't do that much outlaw stuff outside of dealing drugs. I mean, in riding motorcycles, they're not really an outlaw motorcycle gang. I, I feel like they could just be a regular motorcycle gang. You know, even half the time they're making peace with with other gangs and other motorcycle clubs, and they're really never at odds with with anybody straight out for longer than a couple of weeks before they they end up uh, meeting and greeting and, and fixing all the problems they have between one another. Plus. How ridiculous is it that this tiny little city in uh, Northern California is represented by every single criminal, you know, underground criminal organization known to man from the KGB, to the mafia, to, you know, to, uh, you know, Mexican gangs, to El Salvadorian gangs, to Guatemalan gangs, you name it. They've had pretty much everybody and their brother, uh, except for like the real big motorcycle clubs. The only, if you notice, I mean, they've had like big gangs represented, but they've never had a club like the size of the Hells Angels or the Outlaws or like any, like, like major clubs, um, to go up against and i wonder why that is i wonder if it's because maybe maybe kurt sutter is worried that uh, you know one of these people might not think it's funny if one you know if it's a motorcycle related show and their their motorcycle club is is looked upon as uh, weak or whatever but i think that would make for a better story when i do talk about sons of anarchy i always i always think that it could have been a better show if it had been put on something like hbo and it had been written by a completely different person You could go so many different ways with it, but the way they chose to go was just, it was just silly. So ultimately, uh, I will see star Wars. I'm not going to stand in line for it. I don't care how much my kid begs, uh, which I don't think he will, but no way in hell am I standing in line to see star Wars. I don't stand in line to do anything. I mean, I'm so impatient. I wonder what would happen if I lived in, like, a communist country where I had to wait in line for bread or, or whatnot. That's why I'm glad I have the wife I do because, you know, she would just do it. I know she would. Her thing would be, like, we'd just stay home with the kids, and then I'll, I'll deal with standing in line all day for the bread as long as they have a place to plug in my cell phone um, because, you know, I could be on Pinterest or whatnot. But, you know, her big thing would be leaving me home with the kids, which is like, hey, whatever. You know, if I could sit home and not have to go out at all, I would do that. Um... But either way, I'm, I mean, I'm, and I'm also not going to see this thing in 3D, and I hope they don't make a 3D version of it. You know they will, but um, I got to ask too, like what's the next thing beyond 3D? I mean, we've seen 3D, HD, uh, you know, I'm surprised we haven't seen more 4D, except for like I guess you could see that at like Disney or like a theme park or something like that. But what is the next step in uh, audiovisual entertainment? The TVs and the sound systems that you have in your house are are vastly better than the ones at the theater. I mean, I would say it's more comfortable to be in your house than it is at the theater unless you have kids. Just, it is nice to go out, but you don't want to go to a theater anyway. They're dirty and they're like loud, obnoxious people. And especially for a person like me, it's it's it just ruins my whole night. You know, like when you're getting on the plane or when you're sitting on a seat on the plane or a bus or something like that or a public place. Uh, I always have this issue if we, my wife always loves to go to House of Kobe or one of these restaurants that where you sit with uh, other people and you're sitting there and all of a sudden you see a group of just disgusting people come in the door and you're like, Oh my God, I know they're going to be sitting with me and I know I'm going to have to look at these people and you know what? They they don't end up talking to you or anything, but I I just don't want to be bothered with it. Honestly, I just don't want to be bothered with it. And I know I'm not the only person and I'm sure everyone feels the same way, but, you know, I have the guts to say it. So yeah, I mean, at my house, I don't expect that any random people are going to come in there and I'm going to have to move or get up for them to go to the bathroom or anything. So I, I would just as soon as stay at home or go to the drive-in. Uh, last year we went to the drive-in, I think once, and we took our two, almost three-year-old at the time and she was fine. it was actually pretty all right because we were in our own car, and we could yell and scream at our kids, and no one could judge us and the sound was great, and the screen was great, and no better seat than the one that you know where you can lock your door and not have to deal with any other people so um I will probably see it in the movie theater. I will definitely not see it in 3 d and since my daughter will be four and, uh, and some change uh i will I might take her with. I mean, we could we could probably go see this as a as a whole family. Maybe it'll be the first movie we see as a family that's actually uh, live action. Uh, we'll see, we'll see. You know what? There there could be a trailer that comes out that completely changes my opinion. But but as of right now, if you see this trailer, the one I saw where the you know he's got the the uh, the lightsaber that looks like a uh, a cross. That looked pretty cool. You know, it's funny. At first, I looked at that lightsaber, and I'm like, well, what is that? You know, I don't understand how that's... uh, What's the point of that? Is this another one of these things where they say, oh, there's so much symbolic stuff inside star Wars is this guy carrying a cross, but it's actually lower. So is it an upside down cross? Like what's the relevancy? But then I thought, you know, and it's also can't be a hand guard because it's a laser. I mean, if your hand gets too close to it yourself, it's going to burn your hand off. So, but I thought, you know, if you're clashing swords and your sword slides down the, uh, you know, the, the I guess the for lack of a better term, the shaft of the other sword, uh it, it it would block it from uh it would stop it from hitting your hand, which now I look back and I'm like, man, the original lightsaber it really wasn't made for any real sword fighting. It was almost made for you having a lightsaber and the other person not. Because really when you clash swords, if somebody comes down the length of your lightsaber with their lightsaber, they'll just chop your hand right off. And I don't see why that doesn't happen more often. So actually the the, the cross hand protector uh, seems like it's probably a better idea. So kudos to them for uh, making a a change after all these years and um, figuring out how to make the lightsaber a little bit better and more uh, safe for he who wields it, whether it be the Jedi, the Sith, or whatever creature they want to introduce to us now that predates both of those that also uses a lightsaber or whatnot. So I already told myself I'm going to go see it. I'm not going to sit here and talk myself out of it, which is what is going to happen. So before I convince myself not to see the movie, that's it for Star Wars. We're going to see Star Wars. Uh, No more talk about it. It's going to happen. I know I started this week's podcast off a little bit different uh, than normal, but I figure since Ben's not here, I'm going to start it off the way I want to start it off, and uh, I feel like uh, if Mick Jagger left the Rolling Stones, they certainly wouldn't be called the Rolling Stones anymore, even if the rest of the guys went on as a band, and they hopefully wouldn't play the songs that Mick Jagger brought to the table. I'm sure they probably would, But and I'm not saying Ben is Mick Jagger. If anything, Ben is like uh, whatever the guy, uh, Ron Wood. Guy, yeah, probably like Ron Wood. But anyway, uh, I wanted to put out an episode, or at least a half a episode, or something to uh, for you guys to listen to. And maybe you're going to turn around and be like, you know what? No, you should have just waited. But uh, I know, as far as me, when I like a podcast or I count on having a podcast to listen to, um, it really sucks when there's not one there. So I figured I'd give it a shot. Uh, it is weird because normally I just want to continuously talk over Ben and Ben wants to continuously talk over me, but now that I'm sitting here and there's nobody else to interrupt me, it's uh, extremely difficult. So I definitely have a newfound respect for uh, Paul Versey or Bill Burr or anybody else who does a successful monologue podcast and is able to do it from week to week and keep it fresh and uh, interesting because it's definitely a hell of a lot more difficult but like I said, usually I'm trying to talk. Ben's trying to talk, and it's funny because we'll talk after uh, midweek when we both went back and listened to the podcast, and Ben will be like, "Oh my god, man! There's a at some point I, you made a joke that I would have totally thought was hilarious, but I stepped on it because I was talking, and I and then I say the same thing. I'm like, after I go back and listen to the podcast, I'm like, oh, we could have taken this a whole another direction, but we didn't get to, and uh, you know that's just the way it goes. Anyway, yesterday was Thanksgiving, and you know Ben will probably tell you that I'm sure he'll tell you. I've heard him say it before that he's no one can beat him, or he has is yet to find his a worthy adversary for uh, pop culture trivia, trivia pursuit, or anything like that. And I've that's sort of, I guess, the one tie that binds me and Ben together. Obviously, it's not politics or the way we raise our children or the way we you know conduct our everyday business. But the tie that does bind us is the fact that we both have an enormous amount of useless knowledge trapped inside of us. And on these occasions, like family gatherings where somebody breaks out, basically what happened is my uncle, who is closer in age to being an older brother, he's like 46 or something like that. And I am will be 38, so we're not that far apart in age. Uh, throughout my entire life, you know, he was... He, he was just older, better, stronger, faster, uh, all that good stuff, and especially when it came down to trivia, the dude is a, is a dynamo, absolute trivia monster. So anyway, uh, he just recently got an Xbox, I think, in the last year, and he has a, I think, 10-year-old uh, 10, or maybe even 11 now year-old daughter. and she they, they have jeopardy for the xbox so he just happens to put it on or whatever and you know everything's winding down and he puts it on there and he has to get up to get something out of the room and he's just using one controller and i I think i guess i'm assuming we were all supposed to just sit there and and join in together and and there wasn't going to be any competitiveness but that's that's not the way it was meant to be now looking back on it i feel like he he lured me into this uh because everybody knows that I carry myself in very high regard where it comes to like I said like trivia and especially around my family. So I think he sort of set me up for this where he thought I was gonna take the bait I was gonna he got anyway, he got up and had to go do something and the computer was counting down, so I grabbed the controller and I answered a question for him and before you knew it or before I know it, he's doing some cleaning up. And he's like, oh, you know what? Just go ahead and play. Just go ahead and play. Well, I ended up running the board. Uh, and then when it got came to Double Jeopardy, I probably missed altogether like six questions. But, you know, then I got, if there's, what, ten in each category or eight in each category or whatever it is, then I got, uh, you know, and five across. There's like So 80 questions, I missed maybe 11 altogether. Um, and that's probably a high number. But anyway he comes back after I, you know, I get done playing or whatever. And then he just sort of casually was like, Hey, we should play against each other. You did pretty well. And I was, you know, I felt pretty good about it, but then, you know, what's crazy. I hate to admit it, but when I sat down, I thought to myself, this guy's going to beat me again. And it was like being back in, you know, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, whatever, taking a test that you did not prepare for or, You ever tell somebody that, you know, like Ben, when he talked about seeing uh, Lost Boys and, uh, you know, went on and on and and talked about it very generally. And Nick, one of the guys who used to do the podcast with me and other listeners said, we don't think Ben really saw Lost Boys. So they gave us, if you guys were listening, they gave us a couple questions. And I asked Ben, and these were questions. If you saw Lost Boys, you would know the answer to. He, He, again danced around it to the point where it's like, ah, maybe he did, maybe he didn't, but I still feel like if he did, he had one eye open. He may have been, uh, you know, who knows what he was doing while the movie was playing, but he definitely wasn't paying attention. So we'll give him partial credit. But anyway, that's how I felt in this situation, was like I started to get the sweats, because I'm like, everybody just saw me dominate. But he sits down, and automatically, man, he's, you know, 16, and I'm like 9 or whatever all over again. And, you know, he, he... I don't know if it's something he does on purpose or just the way, you know, he is and because of my experience with him, but he he just he's able to get in my head real easy when it comes to this kind of stuff. So I'm like, my brother's there who's two years younger than me. My dad's watching. Uh, My cousins are watching. And I'm like, man, there's a lot of pressure for me to win. Not only win, but I'm not, I'm gonna win in a fantastic fashion. That's what I'm like, you know, exuding on the outside. But on the inside, I'm like, man, I'm I'm hoping I can squeeze out a win, or one of the kids comes by and kicks the cord out of the Xbox, or you know, some catastrophe happens. I I, I don't I don't know what I'm hoping for, but I just know that if I go through this game, I'm gonna I'm the the possibility of me losing is great. The problem with this game is. It's, uh, you don't just fill in the blank. It's multiple choice. So the first person to buzz in gets three multiple choice answers, which makes it even more difficult for both of us because he knows that I'm pretty sharp and I know that he's pretty good. You're so sweet. So down to earth. And, you know, given one out of three chance, we're both going to buzz in right away and then just take a stab at it. I mean, why wouldn't you? If that's not a fucking metaphor for life, um, that was definitely his philosophy. And as the game went on, I decided, Hey, you know what? Um, um, I'm not going to go that way, you know, When it, even when he would answer one and he'd get it wrong and it would leave it, you know, just two answers for me, if I didn't know it, I wasn't going to answer it, I sort of played uh, strategically instead of just, uh, you know, rolling the dice And and it ended up working out for me, so I ended up beating him by probably like 2,500 points or something like that, a pretty big margin, in fact, I threw my controller down during the last question just as a show of, like, I don't even need to answer it. You could take me out of the game at this point. You, you Mathematically, when there was five questions or four questions left on the board, he, he couldn't win. So, you know, then I wanted to rub it in his face. But thank God it went down that way. I can remember playing, like, Nintendo against my... I have an older cousin who's, like, three years older than me. Back in the days of Super Tech Mobile, RBI Baseball, that stuff. And I could remember playing the game, especially when it came down to football... I wouldn't play it right. You know, I would play, I would throw bombs. Uh, I I would, every time there's a fourth down, I would go for it. And he would get so angry. It's almost like you're sitting at a blackjack table with the guy and, you know, you hit on 18 or something. You hit on 18 or something. You know, it's like, hey, let me play the game my way. And he would get so frustrated because he would play the game straight up. You know, he would get, it would be... Fourth down, and he would be punting, or he would be—he wouldn't even take a chance at a long field goal. But ultimately, he would always win. And the—you know—bottom line, when it comes down to it, taking the gamble—it pays off. You know, one in twenty. The risk is never worth it. It just doesn't pay off as much. So, um, I played this one—you know—close to the hip. And it ended up, it ended up working out for me. And it, what was even crazier is the last category that we had where, where he could have overtaken me, uh, was geography, which is, like I said, it's his strong suit. Uh, as crazy as that sounds, um, I don't know. He answered a, a question wrong. I then took a shot at that one, took the gamble, got it right, took control over the board. And, uh, that was like a, a double jeopardy 2000 point question And, uh, that was it for him. And from that point on, like I said, he, he, I, he knew mathematically, uh, he was already out of the game at that point. So, uh, then he just made a bunch more stupid mistakes and I, I just, I rubbed it in his face a little bit. And like I said, in the last question, I just threw the controller down and walked away like the big jerk that I am. But you know what? It felt great after all these years. Uh, so I, I don't know if he'll hear this or not. I hope he does. Uh, he's already asking about the rematch and you know, it's funny because if I would have lost, I would have demanded a rematch right then and there. I would have thrown a temper tantrum, but, uh, he was a good sport about it. And he's like, Hey, you know, we should play another game. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I got to get the kids out of here. And he, he didn't fight it. You know, my thing would have been like, we well, have the wife take them. I'll drive you home later. That's how bad I would not have been able to, uh, let him, I would have, I would not have been able to let that lie. And, uh, Thank God, because you know now I'm in this. I'm in the driver's seat. I could potentially just tell him, you know what, uh, I'm not going to play again until next year. Or I'm not going to play again ever, uh, and retire as a champion, which I've done many, many times in my life, uh, and it served me well because then I, you know, I've kept that mental edge over uh, over all my family members after I defeat them in, in uh, whatever I need to, whether it be horseshoes, darts, uh, trivia, games of strength, games of skill. It just always works out that way where I end up being the dominant one. One day I, I feel like my brother may uh, may overtake me, but I do not feel like it will be in trivia. Uh, maybe arm wrestling, but it will not be in trivia. I will admit uh, one of the losses I still need to avenge, probably the only loss that I can think of on the top of my head that I still need to avenge is uh, his. my brother's wife beat me in a game of uh, seen it 80s. I think it was seen at 80s, seen at 80s or seen at Seinfeld, It's seen at 80s, uh, and I've never, it's, it's haunted me, it haunts me every day, every time I see her, I have to be reminded of it, she never says anything about it, and again, I think that in the back of her mind, she knows that, uh, if she brought it up, it would be devastating to me, and I think she knows if she keeps in the, you know, she doesn't say anything, it's even more devastating, so, um. That is one win I will need to avenge now, definitely. I mean, she saw how I dominated my uncle, um, and I know she knows she's next. So I don't want to study. I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm not going to play it until that time. I don't want to play it against anybody else. Uh, But I definitely need another opportunity. So um, I'm hoping that uh, she's a better person than me and doesn't decide to uh, retire as the champion. It's two o'clock in the morning, central standard time or Chicago time. And I just got a Facebook notification from a dude that um, I'm friends with who lives in Croatia. His name is uh, Marco Franic. So Marco tagged me in a bunch of pictures of Croatia. I'm assuming that they're not pictures of his backyard, but they're like the most majestic, beautiful pictures of the most beautiful, majestic places, um, maybe on the earth. Now, I don't know much about Croatia, uh I think that movie uh, behind enemy lines is that the one with uh Owen Wilson where he's like uh, his, his uh fighter jet gets shot down and he gets stuck in Croatia and he's trying to get to uh uh you know a place where we could rescue him and basically we leave him for dead because it was uh, it, it's the Americans couldn't go in there and get him Uh, it was just, it's too dangerous and we didn't want to cause an international incident. So we were just sort of going to be like, uh, you know, let's pretend like that didn't happen. And we were just going to let him, uh, die there. I think that's Croatia. I'm not positive. I'm going to have to go back and look and probably people are, uh, are yelling at the, uh, I mean, I'm assuming Marco's yelling at his, uh, iPod or phone right now, calling me an idiot or saying, yes, you're right. Whatever. Uh But I just remember it being, uh, it looked like Seattle, but uh, like Beirut with Seattle's weather. These pictures, they blow me away, man. This really looks nice. And I laugh because even if, like Croatia is obviously a a big place, I think, I feel like even if I sent him uh, pictures of the United States and said, hey, come check out the United States, I wouldn't even know what to take a picture of because... I just, everything is, nothing's really that good looking. I can remember, you know, going to visit my sister who lives in Arizona and being like, man, it's so, you get off the plane and it's it's just so hot and everything is so brown and there's just nothing, nothing pops. There's nothing really colorful out there. I mean, you know, I guess the mountains, Sedona or whatever is red, but everything is just blah. It's about as interesting as wild rice. That's the best way I could put it. That's Arizona to me. Uh, They have beautiful skies, but other than that, uh, it's just not that uh, beautiful to look at. But I consider that where I live here in Northwest Indiana or like close to Chicagoland, uh, it's definitely a a huge shithole. Um, There's nothing nice to look at. Everything, there's garbage everywhere. There's, um, you know, everything's run down old uh, except for like, you know, residential areas that are being built, you know, on top of other residential areas like, all the places where there's like shopping malls or stores or strip malls and it's all beat down and looks like crap. It's nothing's nice anymore. So I, I Marco, I'm sorry. I can't take any nice pictures for you and say, "Hey, you know, you should come here." But I mean, if you like cityscapes, I guess Chicago's nice if you take it above like street level. You know, the buildings look cool from a distance, but, you know, even like if you if you look at US Cellular Field, the area is a shithole that surrounds it. Uh, the park I think isn't that nice of a park. It just, I don't know. It's just to me, it's, it was, uh, I like the, I, if I was going to say, if I was going to say anything about the white Sox that was ever positive. I definitely enjoy the old Comiskey. I'm not, I don't like us cellular field. I don't think it's good looking. And again, like I said, it's surrounded by a, a, a total shithole neighborhood. um, Wrigley field is is falling down. There's nets hanging from the rafters to catch concrete as it falls from the you know from the top of the building while you're watching the game. It will hopefully be caught and not not smash you in the head um I mean, We wouldn't even have the tallest buildings anymore uh, other cities are just you know we they've taken everything from us so so uh, I don't know i mean there's just nothing really nice to look at in Chicago I don't think. It really just irritates me because I'm, I'm like looking through these pictures on my phone and I'm like, man, how nice does it look to to live? It? Like how nice. But here's the thing, though, the pictures you sent me, I don't see any houses. So obviously these are just beautiful, you know, landscapes or whatever. This isn't where people live. Take some pictures of you know neighborhoods and and then uh, then we'll compare and and maybe I'm still better off I don't know but I'm just telling you Northwest Indiana is it's awful it's just plain awful I mean steel mills and that's the nicest part <laughs> so it it's it's just ugly and, and gross and and uh, this is awful I don't know what else to say about it, it stinks. I've never been to a foreign country. I mean, I've been to Mexico. Uh, I don't consider that a foreign country at this point. I'm not making a political statement. I just, I, it's not far enough away to be a foreign country to me. I went on a cruise and I think, I think we were in like a part of Jamaica for, uh, you know, a couple hours or whatnot, but, um, I've never traveled, uh, abroad ever. And, uh, I think that I want to, unfortunately, you know, take it for what it's worth. I have kids now, so I, I don't know when that's going to be possible, and I'm sure they're going to want me to drag them along with me, and that's just too expensive. So for the time being, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a, uh, a pin in that one, but I definitely would like some, for anybody who's been anywhere cool, um, I know a, a buddy of mine, you know, did like a 12-city European tour uh, a la Clark Griswold a couple of years ago, and he said that was pretty awesome. I'm just, after seeing, like, I've seen so many episodes of Locked Up Abroad, and again, I mean, the chances of me knowingly and intentionally bringing something illegal onto a plane or any of that is not happening, but I just feel like my wife might accidentally, someone could put something in her bag or convince her or something, and then I'm up Shit's Creek, and I know she's not the kind of person that when push came to shove, she would like say, hey, he's innocent, let him go, because she would say you know, if I'm going to be here, I want you to be here with me too, even though we wouldn't even be in the same prison. So it's just, uh, if I was going to go overseas, it, I just don't want it to be with her. It had to be with somebody else that knows, like, hey, if one of us goes down, the other one's going to have to keep on moving. Uh, we can't both go down in this foreign country. And I, I'm assuming that in foreign countries, the women's prisons aren't like here. It's probably just as bad in a woman's prison, you know, over there than it, that, it, that it is in a man's prison, but... I mean, that's what I picture at least. And, and beyond seeing, uh, locked up abroad, I've obviously seen, uh, uh, taken one, two, and I don't know if there's a third one, but the first two, the first two definitely, uh, have convinced me that going overseas is, is, is a bad decision. Um, in that case, I mean, obviously they would probably take her and not me. I mean, I don't know wh- how well I would fare on this sex trade market, but I, I don't want to find out. So, uh, I, I, I guess I'll just look at the pictures of going overseas or, uh, you know, unless somebody, uh, there was a way that I, I don't know. I guess I'll just stick to the pictures. That's probably the best, the best case scenario. Speaking of overseas, I have, uh, besides Marco, uh, I have a couple of other buddies who are also uh, overseas in different countries. One in Japan and then one of my buddies who frequently goes to uh, a ton of different foreign countries for his job. Um, I've given a bunch of our Hey My Man stickers out that I just got. I got a batch of, um, I got a batch of stickers that I basically, I I'm sending to these people and asking them to, uh, post them up in foreign countries or interesting places and take pictures of them and send them back to me. I know it's cheating, uh, to, uh, make it appear that we have all these international fans, but you know what, if we have one international listener in Croatia and one in Japan and, one in Germany or, or France or, you know, wherever else England, uh, you know what you look at a cool sticker and you might be like, Oh, I'll check that out. So, I mean, it definitely can't hurt. And then I don't have to go over there. So, uh, if you live in a foreign country or you live in a uh, place that is not Chicago or Northwest Indiana, if you IM me or direct message me, you're, uh, your address, your name and address or your information, I will absolutely send you out some free stickers. All I ask is that you take picture, you put the stickers up, whether it be in a men's bathroom or a Hooters or wherever, you know, wherever, wherever you can put stickers up, uh, take a picture of you at that location or of the sticker at that location and, you know, tag it out so we know where it's at. And uh, once, you know, send it to me, I'd be, I'd be very grateful. So again, if you if you're interested in getting some stickers and helping us spread the word in a cool and fun way, give us your information. We will shoot you out some stickers and um, you can uh, you can help spread the word. You know, over the last couple of months, you guys have sent a lot of stuff in and participated in helping me uh, bust Ben's balls about missing a lot of the... Uh, the great movies of the 1970s and 80s uh, that all of us grew up watching or at least saw at some point in our uh, youth, some more than others, and um, it's just become so obvious to me that that has a lot to, now I understand our, our upbringing was different, our parents are different, and, uh, but it, I, I really believe it has a lot to do with the way that, you know, we are today. Uh, I, I believe that, uh, I mean, you know, Ben being sheltered and watching, you know, not seeing a lot of violence and not seeing, let, let's just take violence. For example, you know, Ben was pretty sheltered where he was watching, you know, G rated stuff or very, you know, tame stuff. And I'm several years older than Ben, but you know, when I was young, uh, Right, wrong, or indifferent, you know, I was watching uh, Commando and Rambo and Cobra and all these Big Trouble Little China, like, action movies. I guess, you know, even when they were considered PG-13 in the 80s, they would be considered R now. Um, and the movies that were considered R then, I mean, probably were should have been like a triple R or something, or an NC-17 or, or whatever, but... Um, I definitely feel like my experiences and, uh, the things that you, you, you know, like I was saying earlier, you can't unsee things and, uh, it definitely changes your, uh, your brain chemistry. It changes the way you think, the way you act, the way you react. I mean, if, you know, I'm watching my dad, get so much excitement from seeing Chuck Norris, uh, you know, kick somebody's ass or Steven Seagal break somebody's arm and then beat someone else to death with that arm. Um, you know, I know what makes the old man happy. So, uh, you know, I think that that's important that that becomes part of what, uh, what drives you, what moves you, what motivates you and how you look at life. And, you know, if if I know ne- I wonder what I would be like if I never had the experiences, I if I never saw these movies, if I never listened to the music I did, because, I mean, I really haven't even got to talking about it with Ben. I mean, my parents surely weren't cool with me listening to the music that I did. Uh, they still have no clue. I can remember coming back from Sunday school. And having, you know, my parents are driving the car and we have our headphones on and and we're listening to Andrew Dice Clay, me and my brother. And they're none the wiser. So, you know, I I I, I don't remember where we even got it because I remember being a bootleg tape. And then we got another tape at like a record, this place called Record Swap, which was like a, you know, a, a tape and record exchange. So you could go in there and, you know, my mom wasn't standing on top of us or anything. It's, And she probably thought back then, like, what are you going to buy that's an audio cassette that's, that's going to be harmful to you, you know? But little did she know, you know, you could pick up a Sam Kinison or you could pick up an Andrew Dice Clay and uh, pop it in there. And you see kids walking around all day long with headphones on now. And you have to ask yourself, like, what's going into their heads? What are they listening to? How is it affecting them? And for anybody to say that it doesn't affect you, the music you listen to doesn't change your mood or the movie that you watched or, you know, the things that you see, the video games that you play, it absolutely plays a, a big role in the way you're in the way you develop, in the way you see the world, in the way that you feel in the moment. Ultimately, I just think, it, I just wonder if me and Ben were to switch places, uh, you know, would Ben be arguing about shitty nachos and would I be a huge, you know, vagina defending the feelings of everyone in the world, you know, above and beyond my good friend. I, that's a relative term, but above and beyond my friend's happiness with his nachos. I mean, I really wonder. Um, I guess we'll never know. Next week, I plan on still being here unless Ben wants to uh, do a podcast by himself. I may make him do a podcast by himself at some point um i'm assuming he's going to be back unless his uh his house falls over and uh his wife ends up killing him um until then you can get a hold of ben at hey my ben on twitter you can get a hold of me at hey my dave you can get a hold of us at hey my man podcast um check out this podcast called two girls and a bottle of wine Um, they're out of Colorado. They reached out to us. I know they were going to be listening to a couple of our episodes. We told them we'd listen to a couple of their episodes. We want you to check out a couple of their episodes. Let us know what you think. Um, I really don't know what else I have to plug. The bears suck. Uh, the Cubs are again, supposed to be good, but who knows what's going to happen with that. I know we're a little bit, uh, down the road from that, but you know what? It's the day after uh, Thanksgiving and I know I'm Jewish, but I just don't get the whole, I mean, everyone has all their Christmas stuff up. I could see you start taking it out and slowly getting it together, but apparently people just want to have it up and then put all the boxes away and be done with it. So you know, we're already in Christmas tree season. Everyone's got their Christmas trees up. That have the artificial trees, uh, all the decorating inside the house at least is done. I've seen a ton of pictures on Facebook. I've seen, uh, you know, even at Thanksgiving, my uncle who uh, is a Catholic, it, you know, their tree was up on Thanksgiving, and I say no to that. You know, if you're gonna, I don't understand. You have so much time. Why do it the next day? I guess so you can enjoy it as, as long as you possibly can. I don't know. I, you know, whatever. Um so with that, I will see you next week. And uh like I guess I'll I'll see you next week too. Alright,
0: later. we lost! What's the for? Let's go On And everyone Pretends that There is no They're wrong You'll be you
1: That's not a fucking metaphor for life.